This podcast episode is brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network, where you get your healthcare insights from the most inspiring healthcare podcasters. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Network, the future of global informatics podcast, where we discuss global informatics through conversations with industry leaders and innovators so that you can understand what it is, what it does, and how it shapes the healthcare of our future. I am your host, TJ Southern. All right. Hey, 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 y'all. Good day, good day, good day. Today, we have another episode of the Future of Global Informatics with your host, TJ Southern. Hey, y'all. How are y'all doing today? I hope that y'all are having an amazing day. Well, today I have a treat for you. I have an amazing guest. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Dr. Nikita Dean. Yay! Welcome, Dr. Nikita Dean, to our podcast today. It is, I am so excited and happy to have you here. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Tell the people about yourself. Tell the people about yourself. All right. Before I get that, I do want to say good morning to you as well, TJ, and then to all of the listeners um, that are out there. But again, my name is Dr. Nikita Dean. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I'm an obstetrician and gynecologist, and I've kind of been doing clinical informatics by happenstance and not realizing it since medical school and kind of learning more about the field over the last one to two years. So about me, I've always knew I wanted to go into medicine, didn't know I wanted to do obstetrics and gynecology until I went to medical school and I had to do my mandatory rotation. Surprisingly, it was the one field that I eliminated as a possibility of exploring, and it ended up being the field that I actually enjoyed. I like the field of obstetrics and gynecology because you're a primary care doctor, you're an emergency care doctor, you are also a specialist off women's health. And at the end of the day, you're still taking care of a person. So my specialty, my specialty is a person and not like an organ system. So to me, that stood out. And then as I determined that I wanted to do OBGYN care, we know that there's a lot of health disparities in every specialty, but the health disparities that were really alarming to me was maternal and morbidity for in our country and then for Black women specifically. And as I have been doing, you know, research and also looking into the field, as I looked into tech and innovation, it just made sense that this would be an area that we can use, you know, data analytics and clinical informatics to address some of those health disparities because it's alarming that we are a developed country, but our morbidity and mortality is getting worse over the years. And so hoping that as I explore and get and do more in clinical informatics, that that could be a way to kind of address some of those health disparities as well as the alarming maternal morbidity and mortality. I am so like, I am so pumped. I am so ecstatic. So just to kind of let you guys in on a little bit of background, I met Dr. Nikita at HIMSS. So yes, her and I both 
We met at Hymns. We hit it off. Her background is obstetrics. My background is mother baby. So it was just like an instant match made in heaven (laughs) when we met. And she is doing some phenomenal work in that arena especially as it relates to clinical informatics. And so I just thought, man, she would be such an awesome guest for our listeners today. All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Now, you have already kind of given us a little bit about what inspires your work in healthcare, right? So do you have any projects that you can discuss with us or anything that you're doing now that you could kind of just give us a little sneak peek in on what you're doing? So just to give a little more background of how I practice and then it will kind of make sense. So I've always been interested in underserved medicine. So when I was working in Chicago, I was working with, you know, the underserved population in the urban setting. And then I've done some international work in Malawi. Right now I'm currently working at a Native American reservation. So usually I'm working in areas that have low resources. And so some of the projects I have been working on is how do we take technology to the under-resourced facilities because I feel that oftentimes we think about the you know high-income countries when we come to our solution and it doesn't become applicable to everyone and so are we end up creating a digital divide that ends up worsening health disparities so we have to be cautious about that and so I completed fellowship last year, but one of the projects that I worked at when did when I was working in Malawi at the Nano District Hospital was helping with patient tracking, just using simple technology is like an Excel sheet. So a previous fellow at the facility we will see patients who had gynecological cancers, but there wasn't a good tracking system to follow up with these patients and care. And so she created this like Excel sheet to kind of help them keep a list of the patients. But then I'm a little bit more tech savvy. So I was able to expound on that and make it a little bit more user-friendly and then also help the providers a little bit more proactive with care. So if they saw a patient, let's just say, for instance, November of last year, and her cancer diagnosis required her to follow up in like six months for a repeat exam, instead of, so how they were currently practiced is they don't look for her until six months. But the facility had healthcare workers who can reach out to these patients. So it's like, why we should be more proactive if we already know what the assessment and plan is. So then it was be able to take the information that they have, be able to make calendars based off of that, the input that they gave previously. So then it automatically would report like, hey, it's June of 2022. You have these patients you expect to see in July of 2022. Mm -hmm. Let's let our community health workers know this month so they can be reaching out to them so that the patients actually do follow up and you don't get so many patients that are lost to follow up. So that was one of the things I was like excited about just trying to help with being more proactive. And so that was a project that I was doing when I was in Malawi. And I tend to do locums and with my interest in like international health 
tend to go to spaces and be there for a couple months or so. Here, when I was working as a fellow, you know, they have this big OB implementation project that they're doing with the vendor of their EHR. And so they recognize very quickly that like, hey, she has some tech skills that none of us in our department has. And so then when I came on as a full hire, then as we're doing this OB implementation, then I will be helping the CMIO lead that project. And we're just getting ready to start. We just had to be like last week. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to do more proactive care so that, you know, when it comes to like catching preeclampsia, mm. um, depression and things like that, mm. we're being more proactive instead of reactive. Man, let me tell you, you are like a nurse's informaticist unicorn, right? Because there are so many providers and the guest that I actually had yesterday, that was the main thing that she talked about. She talked about the providers actually, you know, bringing along the nurse informaticist and truly understanding the dynamic between the nurse informaticist, the provider, and collecting the correct data points within the chart and making sure that the chart is applicable to the population in which it is serving. And you are doing that. So that is what actually just blows my mind that I have a provider here that understands the importance of the technology, understands the importance of the chart and proper patient care as it relates to the population. So you are a unicorn. (laughs) As I'm like, you know, getting more advanced in my career, you know, in training, I had my blinders on only focus on learning. But the thing that I'm realizing is that we are in our silos too much and we don't know what the other hand is doing and that we don't actually work together, you know, not in a malicious way while we avoid each other. We're just so focused in our lane that we don't realize the intersectionality of the stuff that we do and how we have to come together to kind of bridge some of these issues. Yes, yes. And that is that is definitely my hope is that going forward, you know, as we move forward in technology and in the advances of technology and healthcare and understanding the disparity of the populations, that our providers understand that your nurse informaticist is there to help you just like we were there at the bedside. We are there to help mm-hmm. you decipher the information, decode the information, give you the information that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of providers, they don't know what where the information lies within the chart. So they mm-hmm. need us to help them walk through that path to get to what it is that they need. So yes, yes. Hello, guys. There is mm-hmm. or there should be a proper marriage between the providers and the nursing just mm-hmm. like you were at the bedside, you mm-hmm. should have the same in informatics. Remember, you heard it here first. <laughs> I definitely agree. And one of the things that's a little a little saddening is that the focus on the informatics side is not as much as the clinical side. And as we use more technology, EHRs and things like that for healthcare, you need more informaticists to kind of help better take care of patients. And so, you know, at least from like the medical school standpoint, like that's going to need to be like a course that students will have to take because there's going to 
be a point we should be doing like point of care data analytics where I can do my own thing and see how my outcomes are going if they're going in the right direction or not and so I like again you're going to have your pros to the stats to take informatics as their career, but all of us clinical providers, you know, whether you are a nurse, whether you are a PA or a physician, like all of us should have some basic skills because that is the requirement. Like I'm currently taking this clinical informatic course, Oregon, it's like online, but one of the things that really stood out to me was just like, you are interpreting information more than you are at the bedside. But yet we don't have the skill set to actually deal with that information and actually really improve patient outcomes. And so that really resonated with me. Like, again, I know I am leading into that direction, but I feel like a lot of my colleagues don't really realize like informatics, we all should have some basic skills. (laughs) Yes. Let me tell you, you are like bullseye target this morning. I just want to scream inside (laughs) (laughs) because I'm like, she gets it. She gets it. She gets it. You know, we have a lot, lots of times we have providers that don't get it. They Mm -hmm. don't get it. And you're right. I love the fact how you said it's not just providers. It's the whole interdisciplinary team that has to come together to actually support. Yes, we're supporting a medical record, but we have to support at the end of the day. It's all about our patients and making sure that we give our patients better outcomes. They, They are owed that. They are old, better outcomes. And so, yes, 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 yes. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen in informatics? What are some of the biggest challenges you've seen? So being able to get the proper participation. So a lot of people think that this is supposed to be volunteer work. It's not easy work. So it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be volunteer work. And so until you either, you know, incentivize people, it's going to be hard to get the people, your end users involved. And so that seems like something that should be easily said, like, hey, you're taking on this new role. You should be compensated. We should do this for you. But it's not. <laughs> and so one of the things that I'm happy about the you know, small facility that I'm working with, when they say, we want you to work on this, they gave me dedicated and admin time to work on this. So it wasn't like extra responsibility on my already busy clinical practice. It's like, no, we're going to give you dedicated time to do this. And I feel that we failed the participation of the end user because we don't want to give them the appropriate time to do it and expect them to do it on a free time. And Man. free time is my time, my family time, you know, my volunteer, my charity time. And that's not right. <laughs> Man, when I tell you, like, you are absolutely blowing my mind this morning because let me tell you, <laughs> that is the number one reason why a lot of projects fail because we mm-hmm. don't have participation and you're right it's this this is not just something new that has happened since covid right i've been doing this for over 15 years and that's been the biggest issue getting subject matter experts to the table so that we can get an emr that a works for our end users 
A, that has been driven by our subject matter councils, right? And mm-hmm. a EMR that has been thoroughly vetted, okay? You're right. A lot of people don't want to participate because they are then asked to do or vet an EMR or give us their opinions on the EMR or actually work hand in hand with us on this EMR and they are not compensated. So we're asking them to tack on an extra 20, 25 hours a week, right? As it relates to the job that they already have. And people are frustrated. They don't want to give their all. They don't want to give their 110%. And that is understandable. So you bring up an amazing point. We had this, and I'm going to tell you my number one, you know, discipline that I had issue with providers. And I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand it now. You know, sometimes we can kind of wrangle the nurses. Mm -hmm. You know, we could take them out of commission for a little while. But if any disaster happened, then they'd Mm -hmm. have to go back, right? (laughs) So just to add, it also kind of depends on what is, the per, the provider's compensation when it comes to clinically if they are in a system where they make their money as a physician by their clinical hours then they have to keep up their clinical hours and then if you want to pull them other things but you do not compensate them for that then it doesn't serve them like yes they want to make the EHR simple, better but you are paying me for this and I'm reprimanded if I don't meet my, you know, Man. hours, my numbers or whatever. You want my attention, but there's no compensation for this. Man. And me working here doesn't, it doesn't balance like, out the work that I'm yeah. missing from over here. And so it's like, I can't do both. It's like, you either give me the time or you give me the money that allows me to have that energy and give you the the necessary information. And so until we accommodate our end users to get their involvement, the you know, IT people, they can make solutions all day, but it's never going to actually solve the problem because your end users are unfortunately the bottleneck, but administration has to do a better job in figuring out how to get their involvement. Man, let me tell you, administrators, we want to hear from you. Positions, we want to hear from you. That's what this forum is about, so that we could talk about those things. Dr. Nikita has made, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, then you know it's true what she said. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way around it, especially the informaticists that have been practicing for years and years on end. We see this every day. We see this with all of our projects, right? I'm a PM. So I'm steadily having to go and chase people to say, we need you. I've had to have those talks with administrators to say, look, if you don't provide me a provider so that we can chair this project or champion, we're not going anywhere. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. Oh my God. Just amazing. Amazing. Okay. So how does... How does your organization use data analytics currently to improve outcomes? Do you have any insight on that for us? So I'm, I don't have as much insight, but I'm kind of gaining it as I like, you know, get more involved with the organization. Cause one of the thing is like a tribal hospital. So then the information can be a little restricted until you're like vetted and then share with you. But one of the things that I've noticed from being a fellow here in 2020 to being an employee starting in like the middle of last year is that one of the things that has 
happened in that time period is they got a CMIO. And previously, you didn't have as much of the clinical team in the, involved and having a CMIO at this small facility. I'm seeing different things that I think will eventually lead to better outcomes and good, good progress that I wasn't seeing when I was here working as a fellow. So one of the things is that they have is for, you know, chiefs of departments and also maybe for, you know, grooming clinical informatics like myself is that they have these different type of boards that we're able to use. I forget the name of the program was with Microsoft, maybe Power mm-hmm. Bank or something, but we're able to kind of see the clinical data from our clinic. Like what is like our no-show rate? You know, how efficient are people in seeing patients and different things like that? So I I appreciate that information. And so we're using that to like improve our workflow in clinic. You know, as a clinician, the only thing, you know, that I always like voice at these minutes, at these minutes and meetings and things is, you also have to understand there's a story behind the numbers. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if I'm a clinical provider that you see that, oh, I don't see a lot of patients. Well, did I have a lot of patients, but, mm-hmm. but then a lot of them no show. I can't make somebody show up that didn't. So you shouldn't, you also have to make sure what is the story behind the, mm-hmm. the information that you're gathering that's and use that when you're assessing and analyzing the stuff. But we've used that, you know, with our STI clinic. Also, we're hoping to use that better when it comes to specifically in women's health, you know, when it comes to our patients with, with hypertension and pregnancy, whichever the specific diagnosis is, is we're kind of using that information. We can we got a grant that we're working with to help mm-hmm. with that, but kind of learning some of those different things that we are doing on the system wide. And then with this OB implementation, we're doing at the, for my department, then I'm getting the insight from, you know, my more senior providers and then making sure that when we are designing our notes and templates and things like that, that we actually have better ways to access data so that we can use that in the near future. Mm, Amazing. So y'all are really riding this wave of technology. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for y'all. I'm excited. So what opportunities do you feel currently exist for someone in your role? So one is awareness, because again, as I mentioned, we are dealing with information every single day. So we all have to have, you know, basic skills in um, informatics. But as the newer generations of providers are coming up, like they are growing up with their medical education with an EHR. And so then it's always, you know, what is that question like, how like, Again, always inquire yourself, like, how can I better do this diagnosis? Like, mm-hmm. how are my diabetic patients, you know, at the terms that they are, you know, when it comes to diabetic control and different things like that. So I've definitely feel like there's more opportunities. But one of the things I feel is that we need to introduce that a little bit earlier in medical, yeah. medical education. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of slightly mentioned is I've kind of been doing this since medical school. They didn't know that that's why I was mm. doing it and didn't learn 
the name and, you know, networking, you know, about two years ago, just from being inquisitive. So in medical school, I was always that person was like, well, if we're recording all this information, mm-hmm. we should be able to analyze this and do that. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know we had issue with interoperability. now, And that's why, you know, a decade later that the things that I thought that we should be at, we wasn't at because I didn't know those intricacies um, of what can kind of impact that. And I was saying, like, I was always into like optimization. It's like, okay, this click is stupid. How do we get rid of it? <laughs> this note needs to be more efficient. How do we make that better? So I was always like interactive with IT, creating templates. And one of my junior residents, he's graduated now, but he will always tell me, he was like, all of your notes that you used to make in the it, with the vendor, he was like, we still use all of those things. <laughs> Take the time to make it more efficient so that it was easier to work with. And then more recently, when I came at the, the hospital that I'm working at now as a fellow, there was a presenter that came and talked to us. She was, you know, a vendor for an EHR company, but something about her talking, I was like, well, what kind of job is that? That's not like something I could do. And then she told me formally, like, you know, this is clinical informatics. You should learn about hymns and amia. And so then I was like, oh, I kind of been doing stuff like this, like my whole medical career. And I just realized that this is an actual discipline. So introductions into the field I think would definitely help because you know the younger generation they will adopt this a lot easier because they have been learning this way Mm -hmm. with the EHR and the different technology and innovation at the beginning so you get less of that resistance because of change Mm, man okay so what excites you the most about the future of your role? I am really excited to get to the point where wherever facility I'm at, that we have point of care data Mm -hmm. analytics and that we are a, we don't have to do some big old research analysis and get <laughs> and get approval for all this like no I can look at my panel today yeah look out look for an outcome today and yes. see how I can better serve my patients tomorrow based off come of what on. I learned today <laughs> come on y'all hear that right y'all hear that right like that's where we're going that is where we're going data analytics to improve patient outcomes You heard it from Dr. Nikita Dean. That is what she is most excited about. And that is where we are going. That is where we're going. Any final words you have for us, Doc? Any final words? I mean, I'm just really, again, I'm still a newbie into this. I'm like taking different courses, try to learn about, you know, the big field of clinical informatics. But for me, I'm excited about the field because I finally found something that allowed me to take my interest in women health, Mm. global health, Mm -hmm. public health, and technology, and Mm. put it all in one package that was like, hey, clinical informatics allows me to touch all of these things that I had passion about, but I didn't know how to bring it into a discipline. And now I realize that this is an area that I can do that. And then as we work in developing countries and Mm -hmm. improve technology there and accessibility, then that will uh, be a vehicle that I can continue, you know, global health and international health in the near future. 
Man, when I tell you she's excited, but I know for a fact that I'm excited too. I told y'all that informatics is my passion. It has changed my life. Just being able to do like Dr. Like Dr. Nikita said, and just merge everything together and have that technology foundation. Let me tell you, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. So if you love informatics, make sure that you tell people that you love informatics. I tell people all the time, I probably need a t-shirt that says, I love informatics. (laughs) I need to walk around with it. So Thank you so much, Doc, for your time today, your insight, your wisdom. We totally appreciate you coming on the Future of Global Informatics podcast today. We thank you so much. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of the Outcomes Rocket Network, the Future of Global Informatics podcast. If your organization is looking for informatics talent, go to www.barillas.net. That is www.berillus.net. And we can assist you in finding some of the best nursing informatics talent this continent has to offer. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. See ya. This episode was brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and let us know what you're looking for.